You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. All right. Welcome to this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing on with another incredible guest today. Our guest today, Steve Vincent, is a professional writer, teacher, spiritual coach, poet, and author. Steve brings more than 33 years of experience to the table to help others overcome their challenges and live their dharma. He is a public speaker, workshop facilitator, and creator of the Pendragon Men's Circle and Copywriters Escape Room Support Programs. Steve, welcome to the show. How are you? I know. I'm really good. How are you? Thanks for the invite and hi to all your listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, do you want to just take a minute outside? I mean, what a, what a cool bio. Do you want to take a minute to just uh, fill in the gaps, be a little bit about who you are and what you do outside of that? Yeah, sure. As you can hear, my um, accent's a little bit different from yours. So I live in Australia. I live in on a place called the Sunshine Coast, which is um, a, a beachside um, town. It's a, a very beautiful environment. Um, I have four now adult children. The eldest or the youngest rather just graduated from high school. Um, and that's been a really busy part of my life, obviously, being a, a dad and <clears throat> um, and husband and, and father and all those sorts of things. Um, I spent my life, uh, first 20 years of my, my working life as a high school teacher, vice principal. Um, and um, I had one of those impossible dreams that I've been in a school since I was five years old. I can't do this for the rest of my life. What am I going to do? Um, and I'd always love to write. And so I became a professional writer and it was freelance journalism. It was copywriting. It was marketing. Um, and I've, I've always also written poetry, but I had put that on the back burner um, for decades um, and I just had a, a period in my life where things slowed down. COVID hit, I lost a six-figure client, um, and I just started to write again. And, um, you know, um, part of that that process has been, you know, this is very much about um, impossible things, like how do, how, did you, how do you deal with losing a, a big client like that, right? Well, I kind of went inwards. Um, and um, the, the, the interesting thing that, I'm just so normal, Noah. I'm I'm just so 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 boringly normal. You know, um, I, I I I have lived a very traditional life, as in I I I followed the script that my parents gave me. I'll work hard, go to school, go to go to college. You know, get a good education, um, settle down, have a family, have a really good career. I did all those things, and the thing that I found in all of that, <clears throat> I, I did it didn't make me happy. You know, and and one of the one of the things I found out about that is that it's not about it wasn't about my career per se. It wasn't. About, it's not like I was unhappy, you know, with my partner or with my kids. Or it was just something very much within me that there was just. I, I reached a point in, in my life where I just I'm just not happy, and I started to look deeper and deeper at that. And I think what I've learned is that <clears throat> the more we look outside of ourselves for answers, the less we find those answers. And, and what I mean by that, we, you know, we're unhappy, so we buy a new car or we think that will make us happy. We get the sugar hit or we we go on a holiday and we're, we're going to think we're, you know, that's that's nice for a little while. We get the sugar hit or 
you know, females in particular, they'll go shopping, you know. <laughs> I mean, us, us guys don't do that, but that's a sugar hit for, for many people. You know, it's we always look outside of ourselves for answers. You know, I'll, I'll find a new partner, I'll find this, I'll find that. And all that does is it, what I found is it keeps us on this hamster wheel of discontent. Um, and it's not until we look inwards and, um, and really discover who we are that we can actually find some peace and find some um, internal happiness and, and stability, I think, emotional stability. And I, I guess one of the, my big message whenever I'm talking to someone is that, look, look we're not broken, right? We're, we're, there's nothing wrong. We're not broken. But we have to find what makes us whole by looking inwards. And I, I, I also always um, as well, um, I always quote Carl Jung, the famous psychologist. He said that everyone carries a shadow. And the less it's embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it is. And then he goes on, at all counts, it forms an unconscious snag thwarting our most well-meant intentions. And, and, and I've been examining the shadow really deeply for the last probably uh, four years. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, so it, I didn't know I had a shadow, right? I didn't know it was part of me. Um, and so if ever you find that there's things, recurring patterns in your life, like you might be triggered by a certain person, you know, Aunt Betty or, you know, your sister-in-law, Kerry, or whatever it is, or you, you keep having the same conflicts at work or, um, you know, you keep hitting the same glass ceiling, there's what I've found is that there is something in your shadow that is stopping that forward, pro that forward progress that you're seeking. And when you actually start looking at that, that's when you can move forward and not have those things trigger you. That's wow. So, so profound. You, you could tell that Steve is a poet with the articulation <laughs> and the delivery of his story. It's really just fascinating. Thank you for sharing that, Steve. One of the things that I would love to, if we could explore that a little bit deeper yeah. is the path that when you, when you made the decision to, to go in all in on writing here, and you're deciding to make this switch. Obviously, there's a lot of fear. The shadow's telling you you can't do it or whatever whatever circumstance you might have been in. Can you take us to, to what was going on and, and how you actually made the leap to, to go all in here and what that looked like? Yeah, that, that's, a, <clears throat> that's a really... It's a really deep thing, and I think it's a, a real block for many people. You're, you're dead right. It, there is so much fear in the unknown, um, you know, and do I do I leave all that security, those, those security things behind? And and I I butted heads with that for, oh, for, for years um, until I actually got the courage to, to leave the security of employment. And, you know, here's the thing, right, I... People kind of went, are you crazy? Like I, I was a, a vice principal. I, I had a very secure, good paying, um, you know, clear career path. I, I'd be a principal now and all those sorts of things. But, God, I just didn't want to be. It just it was killing me, right? And and so I, I think there are there's probably three parts to that whole transition out of employment into, into writing. One was the pain just got so great that I just had to do it. I just I, I couldn't wake up and look at myself in the mirror anymore. So that's part of it. The second part was I, I had a very supportive wife and partner and, and she was very encouraging. And that if, if that part of, of it hadn't have been as um, smooth, then it, that mightn't have, 
you know, happened so so readily. Um, <clears throat> and the third part was um, I just got to give it a go. You know, I, I can't die wondering here. And I'll, I'll give you uh, another a quick example. And this is something that um, I've embraced more and more lately. I, I was talking with a, a business owner who runs a hedge fund about doing some work with him. And and the the way the deal was structured, if the stuff didn't work out, there was a chance I wasn't going to get paid. And I said to him, um, I said, you know, look, I'm risking a fair bit here by agreeing to this, you know. And he said, don't talk to me about risk. I risk millions of, of other people's money, millions of dollars of other people's money every day. Everything in life's a risk. Um, and that was kind of like just a big slap in the face. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, I think it's Walt Whitman or it might be Emerson said that, you know, the present is no more uncertain than the future. And yet we, we, I think we cling. You know, part of, our, part of my shadow in particular was this need for certainty and safety. And so I, I, I filtered a lot of my life through that certainty and safety. Um, and it, um, there, there is no certainty in this world. Everything is a risk. And I think the more we embrace that, um, the freer we are and, and the further we can go. But, but you can't do that unless you recognise. And it was only when I recognised in myself that I did, I had this attachment to the feeling of safety and security it's only in recognizing that can I then love that part of myself and release it and move forward. Wow. That vulnerability to recognize that and then to finally f- discover the courage to actually, you know, like you said, let go of that and fix that security and embrace the risk. Wow. That's, I mean, that's, it's just, I think something that you, there's a lot of listeners out there that are going to be facing the similar situation. And I particularly resonate with that as you know, I've just left a, a full-time job and I'm now embracing this digital nomad lifestyle. I'm starting retreats. And there's a there's a voice that tells you that this is going to fail. But you, you have the universe is also working to kick you out of the security because it knows what's best for you. And, and if you could maybe share some advice that you've learned while taking this journey to um, to dive into this uh, this new to embrace this new challenge and, and take on the risk, what what practical tips would you suggest for people who are looking for ways to gain more courage or just unlock their greatness? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think the first thing is is to be still, to be still and be be with yourself. You know, our our world is so our world is so rushed. We've got we've got deadlines and we've got to, you know, we've got to be here and we've got to be there and we've got to we've got to satisfy friends and family and that and work and da 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 and and you know you can get to a Friday night and just go and 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 just be exhausted and 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 so the, the first thing I think is is just be still and get to know who you are and your thoughts. And, and so that's the, the first thing. Once in that stillness, you then need some really big self-honesty. Um, and I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example of, you know, in the shadow, we don't want to look at those bad things, what we label as bad within ourselves, right? And that's, they're things like our, 
our jealousies, our fears, our embarrassment, our shame, our, all of those things that, you know, the world says are really bad about us. Because they make us feel bad, we ignore them. And when we ignore them, like Jung said, they just bubble away. They're running our lives. And um, I'll give you a quick example of how I actually embraced part of my shadow. Um, As you know, I've written a book called Finding You, and it's in a lot of local bookstores and so forth. And there was, I had my, one of my favourite local bookstores has a cafe attached to it. And it's what I call a woo-woo shop because it's got crystals and cards and I just love it, right? It's it's my favourite place, a vegan cafe, blah, blah, blah. Um, And lo and behold, they refused to, to, to stock my book and sell my book. And Oh, I was I was really hurt about that, and then someone said, "Oh, let's go for a coffee and go and meet at this particular cafe." And I said, oh, "I don't go there." They said, "What do you mean? You love that?" And I said, "Well, you know, if if they're not going to support me, what? Why should I support them?" And and they said, "Well, gee, isn't that a little bit petty and childish and churlish?" And I said, "Well, no, it's not a little bit petty, churlish, and childish. It's a hundred percent petty, churlish, and childish." And I own those traits because that's honestly how I feel. If they're not going to support me, I'm not going to support them. Let's go somewhere else. Oh, okay. Now, so the old me would have gone, just put a mask, a smile on, going, yeah, no problem. That's fine. All right, no problem. I will go there. And I would have been miserable the whole time I was there because I was peeved off that they didn't support me. Um, Whereas when I was honest enough and vulnerable enough to admit, yeah, I feel feel hurt by that, right? I'm, I, um, and I do, I kind of want revenge and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and my revenge was and and but the thing is though like I actually love that part of me I didn't push that part of me aside that I was I was feeling upset and vulnerable and hurt and all those sorts of things uh, the 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 good boy in me I guess would have gone oh everything's fine and that would have been living a lie right and the more that we can embrace those parts of us that we don't want to show the world the, the whole, the more whole we are, and the more self-accepting that we are, and and that's to me. I know that seems like a really, a, a really small step, right? But to me, that was a really big step because I had had this public persona and this even this private persona of who Steve was, and it wasn't until I, I was vulnerable enough to slow down, and be honest with how I was really feeling in certain situations that I've come to, I guess, love and accept all of me, even those childish, petty, nasty parts of myself, you know. Um, and, and, and I don't condemn myself for those things. I accept them. And to quote Dr. John Martini, he says, you know, I'm not a nice person. I'm not a nasty person. I'm a combination of both of those things. And how true, how true is that with all of us, right? We all have those neg- what we consider negative things within our shadow. And you see the the love and light movement that just, you know, oh, everything's fine. If we just put on a happy face and say our affirmations, all, all is well. And I think that's complete BS because when we do that, we deny part of ourselves. Yeah, and, and we can't be whole, we can't be complete, we can't be happy if we are continually ignoring, denying a part of ourselves that we'd rather not show the world. Wow. There's a lot in there beyond just the, so the thing I, I hear this concept of creating parts for yourself. If we can kind of take a quick detour and, and talk about that for a second, because it, it, it's been something that I've had a few friends talk to me about, like, oh, if I'm feeling particularly hesitant about something, I can just identify that as a part of myself and it's not the whole me. 
or if I don't want to go do a workout or something like that, I could say, okay, this, this part of me is, is resisting the workout, but that's not the whole me. So I can now find another part that is enthusiastic about it and then employ that part <laughs> to actually convince the other guy to go hit the gym. What is this, what does this phenomenon do for, um, to, for someone to, like in psychological terms, like figuring out the different parts of, well, there is, there's also a saying that whatever you resist persists. So, um, you know, if you're thinking of the, the lazy person, the lazy part of you that doesn't want to go to the gym, I mean, who doesn't, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's much easier to sit on your ass, right. And, and, and just, just veg. But, um, so I would say to you, you know, if, if that's me and I'm feeling lazy, I'll, you know, I'd, I'd have, I know it sounds, this sounds really, really weird, but I'd have, I'd have a conversation with, hey, hey, lazy Steve, how you going? Um, <laughs> yeah, Love, loving you, but let's um, let's go and get some exercise done. You know, rather than, oh, I'm not lazy, or oh, you're 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 pathetic because you're lazy. I actually go the other way, and okay, I acknowledge that laziness is there because I'm not lazy all the time either, right? There are sometimes I'm really enthusiastic and. Um, um, you know, I'm a go-getter and all those sorts of things. But the other part of me is lazy and just wants to curl up on a ball and, and veg. And so uh, I can't kill the lazy part of me because it's there. So I've got to love the lazy part of me. And, and the less I resist the lazy part of me, the the wholer I am and the happier I am because I'm embracing both sides of myself and, and those parts of my shadow, you know. And so I, I guess in the, the gym instance, we, we, we'd beat ourselves up. It'd be an angry workout, right? You know, I'm getting my lazy ass out of there. And, and I don't know that that actually does us any, that condemnation, that self-condemnation actually does us any good. Wow. Yeah. It, the, this idea of what resists or what you resist persists is, I mean, that's it. And then it's interesting to think that forgiveness or the love of this other part doesn't necessarily have to mean that you have to listen or, you know, like obey this, whatever this, the other part wants to do, but Mm -hmm. you can do it through love and then move on and, and go your separate way. Can I just interrupt you there, Noah? Just really quick. What I've found is that when you acknowledge and love that part of yourself, it doesn't, the energy of that, because you're not ignoring it, the energy of that dissipates. So you'll find that you're less lazy. You'll find that you're less petty. You'll find that um, you're less jealous or whatever it might be that you've been shoving down in your shadow. The more you are honest with it, acknowledge it, recognize it, it's a hold over you, if I could put it that way. It reduces. It, it's, a, it's a really, it's an interesting energetic thing how it, it less and less runs your life when you embody it, when you acknowledge it. It just doesn't, the, the energy just goes, just goes. Yes, it's resolved, and so there's no yeah. need for it to to threaten you anymore. Yeah, 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 totally. And, and that's the other thing too. Once, once you know, like the the petty me who didn't want to go to the cafe. The other thing is too, once that stuff is out in the open, you're not you're not carrying it, and so you're not beholden to it, and you're not exhausted by it. You know, it takes a lot of it takes a lot of emotional energy to hide stuff from the world. You know, mm. to hey, no, I'm fine. I'm not lazy, or I'm not petty, or I'm not whatever it is. That takes a lot of effort to to live that lie, if you like. You know, whereas it, when you love those parts of you, there the, the energy that they have over you, that might control you, dissipates more and more. Wow. Yeah, it's. I've heard an analogy that it's sort of carrying 
a bunch of rocks in your backpack. There's, they're just weighing you down without any yeah. real purpose. Yeah, totally. I'd like to wrap, work towards wrapping up here with, with yeah. one of my favorite questions. And this is in regards to decision-making. I think decisions are at the back of ultimately all of the results and progress that we make is if we make a decision that guides our actions. Do you have a favorite decision-making framework, a mental model, or just a general philosophy that you found to be particularly helpful? And why does this hold meaning for you? Yeah, I think the first the first part of that is is complete self honesty. <clears throat> you know, is it when it, say it's going in a certain career direction, um, I will I will look inwards and and be totally honest. Now, am I saying yes to please other parties, or is it something that I really want to do? Um, and you know, sometimes it can be it can be really. Um, can be a little bit confronting to admit that you might be doing something to please someone else. You know, I mean, that's that's very disempowering, but I think we we do that, or at least at times in our lives, we do that at certain things, whether it's a, a partner, you know, who wants us to be safe or whether it's, uh, I don't know, a family trend or whatever it might be. So the first thing I think, Noah, is, is just that ultimate self-honesty. You know, if, if, if it's not sitting right with me, then I don't do it. Um, it, it doesn't, but you know, I'm not saying that, oh, hey, presto, it's just easy like that. I mean, I still have, you know, those nervous feelings and, and, and that uncertainty and all those sorts of things. But I get back to if, in, in total honesty with myself, if that's not, um, if that's not, not aligning, lining up with who I am and it's not pleasing me, then, there's a really good chance I ain't going down that path. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, very cool. All right. So as a, a final final way out, um, how do our listeners stay in touch with you? How do we support you? Okay. So um, you can go to stevevincentonline.com. That's my website. You can download one of my poems. Um, by all means, go to... Um, Go to Amazon or Booktopia and grab a copy of Finding You. It's a really good tool to help you self-reflect and go inwards. Uh, I use poetry and reflection exercises to help you look at your shadow and those different parts. And one of the things, just really quickly, um, I never set out to write a book. I didn't sit down and go, right, I'm going to write a book today. I just started writing poems and whatever came out, I I shared them with people and they went, um, wow, that that really hits me in the heart. That's really, that really connects to me. And and you know you're in a circle. They can just be saying things to be nice. And when I shared more poems more widely, people went, "Oh wow, you got to put this in a book. Wow, that's really deep. That really hits me in the heart." You know. And so it said, my words have said to move women to tears and make men squirm. Um, so yeah. So <laughs> finding you by Steve Vincent is the book. You can get to Booktopia, Amazon, and all those the good online bookstores. Um, and it's a really good tool, like I said, for self-reflection and helping you uncover your shadows so that you can be more honest with yourself. And when you're more honest with yourself, um, you then get to love more of you and, and go through life a, a lot happier and, and quote unquote more complete person because that shadow isn't being denied and it isn't running you silently. Absolutely. Well, Steve, I am already swooning just from just from the words on this interview, so I can't wait for the book. Yeah. So uh, we'll have all the links out there for everybody. We'll have the links to all of Steve's stuff um, in the show notes. And Steve, thank you so much for for sharing your stories, your your profound insights, and and your precious time here. Thank you. Pleasure. No, it's been a lot of fun. 
That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. That review will help other people find the show, and it also gives me a signal that, hey, people are out there listening. And with that, may the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode.